Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. How are y'all doing? Caffeine is flowing. (laughs) That's how you know it's going to be a good show. All my shows are good shows. But when you got the uh, coffee crack-a-lacking and popping, you know it's going to be some good stuff. Got a great show planned for you. Uh, Was laughing. Not laughing because it was a good thing, laughing because of the ridiculousness of um, tonight's topic, which is uh, the uh, breakup strategies from uh, ranked from worst to best. And I was laughing because I was just shaking my head at where we found ourselves. I, I, I believe that a lot of these things, the different ways that people exit relationships or even exist within them in their entirety is, is quite creative and diverse these days. Uh, it's always been that way to some extent, but um, time and technology has just taken us in a totally new direction. So we're going to be talking about that. So although the topic is essentially um, a ranking of all the horrible ways to exit something uh, leading up to the more, you know, kind, <laughs> caring versions of exiting. Uh, it's also a little bit of a reminder, like, don't be this person. Are you this person? You know, cause again, we're always reflecting on ourselves and looking at how it is that we are impacting others and moving through the world. And that is often, often a, you know, meaningful center point and lens that's left out of mental health work is people come in to learn about themselves. And people also often want to talk about the injuries that have been done to them, you know, through others, which appropriate, but we have to also work hard finding, um, where we also are like these people and doing some of these attributes, you know, none of us are completely removed from some of the horrible things that other people do. And so we can empathize and learn more about ourselves. You know, again, we're, we're letting people have accountability for what they've done, but we're also saying, wow, where, where might I do something like that? It's called looking at your shadow side, working with your shadow side. And it's very much a Jungian concept and it's, it's stunning. It's basically saying that we all have these light parts of ourselves, parts that we lead with and we are proud of and parts of ourselves that we value and others value. There are strengths there, why others want to be around us and, and participate in our lives. But then we all, that's the key word, all of us, all caps, underline it, circle it, highlight it. We all also have a shadow side, which is these, um, disowned parts of ourselves, the parts of ourselves that we maybe are aware of, but we try to kind of shove under the rug. We don't really want to acknowledge it. Or there's parts of ourselves that we're in complete denial around. And I'm going to go back to this example because it was really profound. And um, I love seeing moments like this in action. So there's a pastor, her name is Nadia Balls Weber, 
and a really radical tattooed in recovery leads a congregation and it's a congregation that was set up to be inclusive and affirming and it's for people that are queer and trans and they want a relationship with god uh I'm, I'm, i just want to round out who this person is and she's written a lot of really great books uh, about the intersections of God and being queer and God and sexuality and just kind of really creates an understanding of maybe God or Christianity that is digestible for those that want that kind of relationship, but have always felt marginalized or othered or, you know, not really brought in or more painfully not seen as having worth or value, which I guess is essentially being othered and marginalization. Anyway, then we have our buddy Lance Armstrong, which not everyone's familiar. He's an athlete. He's won the Tour de France, I think, maybe more than anyone else has. Six, seven times? Am I making that up? Um, I'm not a big fan of, quote unquote, actual facts, right? I use these stories as springboards. So anyway, there's Lance doing his thing. Well, it comes out that he doped, meaning he took performance-enhancing drugs. And, uh, you know, that became a part of why he was so successful. So made public big deal, um, lost sponsorships, you know, disgraced. And there was an event, and I think I told this on the show already, but it's gonna get to my point. There was an event. Uh, I don't remember what the event was, but Nadia kind of randomly, even though she's well-known, well-respected, was asked to interview Lance at this event. And it was really wild because it's essentially the stage was set up and the crowd kind of wrapped around their seats, almost like you were going to a boxing event or a wrestling match. They're kind of on this elevated center point and everyone's sitting around them. And um, Nadia is very compassionate and kind, but also very, you know, targeted and uh, assertive and, you know, does, you know, goes all in. So everyone's like, oh. Nadia's gonna really nail him because Lance is only now known for having won all those awards, but then having been found, you know, to have doped. So this poor man has not been able to really heal or move beyond that. Long story short, there she is. They sit down, the crowd's on the edge of their seat, eating their popcorn. They're like, here it comes. And Nadia opens the entire interview in front of everyone by going, so you lied. You're a liar. Like you lied about, you know, the doping. And and he's like, yup, you know, face sullen. And we're like, oh, we're hitting the ground running. And then she goes, we've all lied, haven't we? And went on this stunning conversation, not excusing him for having done what he did, but more importantly, humanizing lying, that that's something we've all done. And some people might do it to a worse degree with a larger impact. It's not about that though. It's It's a human common experience. And can't we also have empathy for that? commonality. Sit with that. We're going to talk about that more when we get back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, y'all, we're back. And uh, I hope you all have you know, gotten your breath back from that stunning story I told. <laughs> it's it's interesting how like certain stories really stick with you and they're not always meaningful or compelling to other people but that story was compelling to me and i was just telling uh y'all about Naughty balls weber a pastor a really queer radical tattered pastor interviewing lance armstrong famous sadly now for having doped where historically it was about ruining the tour de france as many times as he did and she just really normalized this experience of the fact that we all often lie and that there's something really um universal in that and that that doesn't mean it's okay we let each other off the hook we have to take accountability and apologize but that we also have to bring some empathy and softness to that that we all have done that and i think that that's the work of well that's all of our work you know can we empathize with someone else's experience i mean my god God, if there was only one thing that I wanted everyone on the entire planet to get better at and work with better, it'd be around self-regulation and compassion. And those things are, you know, all tied together, self-regulation, compassion, and empathy. They all come from the same place because in order to apply empathy or compassion to the struggles of those around you, you have to be able to regulate yourself because it requires you to have what we call essentially wise mind. Uh, we, we often are too rational or we're often too emotional. And neither one is really honest or appropriate. We want to kind of bring them together. There's like a Venn diagram where those two things overlap, and that's called wise mind, where we are allowing the somatic and embodied intelligence of feeling and emotions, and those are really important, and they communicate something to us. But we also want to bring in our rational mind, which has judgment and insight, uh, and we fuse those, and that's then wise mind. We never want to be too much of one or the other. You know, narcissism is very much, the, you know, someone who's on the further end of a lot of rationality and it's dehumanizing. There's not a lot of softness or compassion. And I think in terms of, you know, ego and materialism. And then we have the emotional, which is people who are often a little overwhelmed and very dysregulated because they're not able to anchor themselves enough to extend that compassion or that empathy or that insight. So we want to bring those together. And the way we do that is by applying whenever we're mad or we're upset about something, we have a right to that if we've been um, harmed, misled, manipulated, or injured. So it's never about denying that. But at the same time, we always want to ask, what might be going on for that person? Why might that person have chosen to do that? We have to add that. And that's never an excuse. It's a clarification. And there's something humanizing in that. And, and sometimes that's the complete resolve where couples that are fighting Often it's because we're trapped in our own emotional understanding and experience of what happened. And we never say, what might have that meant for them? Why might they have done that? And it's called in attachment, uh, in attachment research, it's called mentalizing. In more global pop psychology, it's called, you know, empathy. It's called, you know, in cognitive behavioral therapy, it's called interrogating our cognitive distortions and our automatic thoughts and our core beliefs. Because again, the meaning we make out of something 
And the meaning we make out of something will always then carry a bunch of emotions with it. But that meaning is made from our experience. <clears throat> and everyone's experience is different. Another really powerful story that I tell that centers around all this is it's a personal one. Many, 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 many years ago. <laughs> many, 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 many years ago. In a far, far off place called Philadelphia, I was in a long-term committed relationship, and this was earlier on. And I uh, hurt my finger, maybe, my knee. I can't really remember. And I had to go to the hospital. And I remember saying to my partner, um, hey, like I have to go to the hospital. I hurt myself. And the response I got was, awesome. Good luck with that. Let me know how it goes. There I stand, stunned. Why am I stunned? Because in my experience, in my history, in my journey, when you're injured, your family member, your partner, your friend, whoever you're with, goes with you for care and support. And that's what I expected. So my upsetment, okay, feeling let down, disappointed, not cared for, it was rooted in my experience and my interpretation because I decided that there's a right way and a wrong way and the right way was my way. And that is that someone goes with you, especially if they're your partner. And that if my partner wasn't doing that, that they were bad or wrong and I should be upset. But I stopped and I said, in my family, you know, we go together, that's what I'm familiar with, help me understand why you wouldn't go with me. And the response was, oh my God, I never even considered that. In my family, you do everything on your own. You have to toughen up. You don't even often go to the hospital. You're expected to not complain. You're expected to pull together. And in in in, in this person's other relationships, that was a, a pattern that was formed where individuals would just go get their needs met. And so I had to understand that there isn't a right way or wrong way. There's my way and the ways that other people do things. And what's really important in a relationship of any kind is to try to say, what might that have meant for them, right? We've talked about this on the show and we talk about regulate, dysregulation and regulation, which is maybe a friend didn't text you happy birthday on your birthday. And so in your world, that is a primary thing, that is a priority, and you then decide to make meaning out of it, which is they're a bad friend, they don't care about me. But the missing piece is for you to say to yourself and maybe even that friend outright, so I'm sad I didn't hear from you on my birthday. Can you help me understand what might've been going on for you? And they might say, yeah, my dog died that day. And of course, and understandably, that was my priority, not texting you happy birthday, but of course I care about you. And we're like, wow, resolved. Or, hey, I didn't know that. I had a friend that told me, here's another example. Because again, remember, our way isn't the right way. There is no right way or wrong way. There's just different ways. And in a healthy relationship, we process and we talk it out. We're not angry or mad about it. We try to better understand. And we have to hold both. Um, so another personal example is in my experience, I only was raised to wish my mom happy Mother's Day on Mother's Day. Everyone in my neighborhood, everyone in my school, all my friends would always do something meaningful for their moms. We would check in on, yo, did you send your mom flowers? It's Mother's Day. Well, a couple years ago, as an adult, a friend of mine who's a mom was upset one day. Uh, the day after Mother's Day. And I was like, what's going on? She said, I never heard from you. I never heard Happy Mother's Day from you. And I was, I didn't understand. I said, what do you mean? Why would I do that? You're not my mom. And I said it very loving. I was confused. She said, oh, in my world, you reach out to every mother and say Happy Mother's Day. And I said, I never knew that. And so she was upset because she was holding me accountable to her experience in her way where I was living from my experience in my way. Neither's right or wrong. They're different. We'll keep talking about this. Stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, Rachel, we are back. And um, 
before we get into the whole uh, worst to best ways to break up, because I was laughing about this article I was reading and all the horrible ways people end and exit things. But I was just kind of dropping on everyone this idea that uh, we have to hold space for the fact that other people have different experiences and they do things from their experiences. And I was telling the story about Mother's Day where I was raised in a world where we only said that and celebrated that with our mothers. We didn't extend that to other people that are moms in our lives. But I had a friend that was upset with me because in her life, you reach out to anyone and everyone who's a mother and say happy Mother's Day. And so I hadn't reached out to her because in my head, she's not my mom, <laughs> but she was upset. So I was living in my world. She was living in hers. Neither one of us are right or wrong because as adults, it's not really about right or wrong. It's more about just understanding and talking out how we feel and how we're impacted and coming to a resolve and a repair and moving on. And in that world of resolve and repair, it's not about right or wrong. Everyone is expected to take accountability for what they did, which is what I said. I was like, oh my God, I'm really sorry. I never would want you to actually feel bad or feel less than. I think you're an amazing mom. And I took a moment to celebrate that with her. And I said, uh, you know, I didn't realize that because I was raised just celebrating it with my mom. But that's really great to know. And I'll extend that now to other moms in my life. It wasn't about a right or wrong. And she was like, awesome. That feels so good. Thank you for saying that. Ba, 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 ba. And we repaired, resolved, and we moved on. There, there wasn't a need to be who's right or who's wrong because we both are right and we both are wrong. But a lot of individuals and couples in fights get hung up on whose version of reality is true, who's right and who's wrong. But that's what children do. Adults and adult relationships move beyond trying to figure out who's right or wrong or convincing each other. And sometimes you move on still not agreeing and that's the resolve as well. I could have said to my friend, yeah, I don't really value that and I don't really see it that way and I really want to celebrate Mother's Day specifically about my mom and I don't want to take anything away from that and she could have said I get it so I won't expect that from you and I'll get that from other people in my life and then we would have said great what time is dinner and we would have moved on everything doesn't have to resolve and repair don't mean that we agree so hear that often you won't resolve and repair is about honoring the relationship first we have a relationship me and this friend and we want to maintain that we use this as a way to practice being vulnerable and building intimacy we don't have to convince the other and we can move on knowing that we don't necessarily always agree that's what that work looks like so i want everyone to know that get out of this idea of right or wrong and that's also part of the topic tonight of this article on the worst to best ways that people tend to break up with others there isn't a right way or wrong way it's just how much pain does it cause because this idea of suffering is such a valuable assessment tool does it cause suffering and if the answer is yes that's never the solution to anything in life and a lot of people choose ways that harm others to end a relationship. When you start dating someone, you take on a responsibility. I don't care if you're monogamous. I don't care if you're exclusive. I don't care if you've never had sex. I don't care if it's only a few weeks. I don't care if you're dating 55 other people. Once you form a relationship of some kind with someone, you have to take accountability to then resolve and end it. You can't just change your mind and peace out. It's like a job. You better give your notice. Let this institution or system know that you're no longer interested in being a part of it. Don't cause harm. By just not showing up and disappearing. That isn't nice. <laughs> Relationships are even more important than a system and an institution. So dear God, in the very least, apply that to other human beings. I always say, if someone reaches out to you, you have a response to follow back up. If you don't contact them again and they don't contact you, well, then maybe you don't need to say anything. But if they hit you back up being like, how you been, where you been, how's your life, are we still together, you better follow up. But more meaningfully, I'd rather you type loose ends even if someone doesn't reach out, so as to practice stepping into the vulnerability of saying, hey, I know we've been hanging out for a few weeks or a few months. I know we've hung out only a couple of times. It's been great spending time with you. However, my interest just isn't there or I don't think the chemistry is there. Not looking to hang out anymore. All the best. Take care of yourself. Send. 
Yes, that's right. I said send because, yeah, I'd love for you all to do it face to face, but some people don't want to be dragged out of their house to be dumped. Other people won't do it face to face. And the only way they can do what they need to do is via text. And what's more important is the ethic, not the vehicle of delivery. Although the vehicle of delivery does matter because there are more hurtful ways. But what's more important is to get that message out there. That to me is a higher ethic than how you go about doing it. Although that also does matter because that also does cause some pain or suffering. I'm trying to tie all this together because it does in my head when I was preparing this. Um, but when we come back, we're going to do a DM and then we're going to get into the breakup strategies from worst to best. And I think this list just keeps growing because we just keep coming up with uh, more and more creative and dynamic ways to uh, start relationships, maintain them, but end them. And how you end something carries the greater impact on self and other. You walk away from a situation feeling from the way it ended. So if a vacation ends poorly, a break, a relationship ends poorly, or a job ends poorly, that often is the greater feeling that you carry forward. Not, unfortunately, maybe the, the awesomeness that was leading up to that. So try to have really good endings and closings so that that doesn't redefine what might have been a positive experience otherwise. See how that works? So that's why you shouldn't plan exhausting things at the end of a vacation. Start off with those and end the vacation on a lighter, gentler, easier note, et cetera, et cetera. Leave a relationship with integrity and care and compassion so that neither one of you walk away feeling bad when you see each other or think of each other. Endings matter the most. Endings are also where we show our mental health. How we exit things demonstrates our ethics and our mental health. Take that seriously. Coming up next, DM. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, questions, topics, things you want us to hit, circle back to. Past episodes of the show over at wearechannelq.com. Stick around, y'all. More to come. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all. We are back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. So it says, hey, Dr. Chris and Loveline, an old friend of mine who's married and has a family, has started recently reaching out and contacting me. I recently got separated and I put that status on all of my social media and I'm assuming that that is how he found out. In the past, I've enjoyed him, we've had a lot of compatibility and we used to spend a lot of time together and talk, but I don't wanna be a part of something that involves harming someone else or breaking up a marriage. I myself have been through the unfortunate situations where cheating occurred, so I have very good firsthand knowledge of what that feels like, and I don't want to do that to someone else. Oof. Is it okay <laughs> if I ask him what his intentions are and if his wife is aware that we are now talking? I don't want to cause any issues. I think it's mandatory you ask that, <laughs> actually, because some people think, if you're single and you're not married, well, then you're doing nothing wrong if you are the other woman and participate in someone else cheating. But I don't agree with that. We are accountable and responsible for whatever we participate in. You are an accomplice to any crime or harm if you are a part of creating or maintaining the system of harm itself. So yes, it does matter. Yes, it does speak poorly of you if you were to happily and openly participate in someone cheating on someone else. It doesn't, it, there's no ethics and there's no um, values in that. And our mental health is determined upon how we move through the world, whether or not we're living and guided by our values and ethics and whether or not we're okay with causing harm. And this person, if they were interested in you romantically, 
wanted to cheat with you behind his wife's back, you are helping participate in harm and you are possibly traumatizing this woman. And if you really care about this guy, I think you have to say to him, yeah, hey, it's interesting to hear from you. What are your intentions? I know that you're married and let him know that you're only interested in friendship because he's in a current relationship. And until he is single or in an ethically, completely known open relationship, you're not available. And you might need to honor and hold those boundaries. Maybe all he wants is friendship, case closed. But if he wants more, let him know you're not interested. And if he tries to push on your boundary, that's when you block him or cease communication. If they try to push on your boundaries, because that doesn't speak well of someone. But I applaud you for taking that stance that you don't want to be a part of harming someone else. And some people might say, but if she never know, if she never knows, how is she being harmed? Well, number one, you're participating in something dishonest. Number two, this person is harmed. Most likely though, if not known, indirectly because that partner is going to go home and relate to their partner differently. That partner might still get might start getting needs met with the person they're cheating with to the deficit and detriment of their partner at home who's never respected enough to be given the opportunity to speak to what they're participating in even indirectly, even without knowing. And when we protect a secret, we protect everything that bumps into that secret. You know, we protect the secret itself, we protect anything that leads closer to it and it rolls outward. But bigger than that, we can't move through the world as a good person if if we're aware that we're causing harm because our self-esteem doesn't let us off the hook. So when someone says, like, how do I work on self-worth? One of the first things I say is by living a life worthy of self-worth. Are you doing things that maybe don't allow you to feel good about who you are or how you're moving through the world? And if you're causing harm in any way or participating in it, well, there it is. Even in the system of law, which is often unjust, but it understands this idea of accomplice, you are a participant in. And someone can't cheat unless there's another person to cheat with. And that really erodes at trust, and that can really traumatize. And if this person wants to be with other people, he needs to leave his marriage or let his wife know and they talk about an open style. But we can't steal that choice, and we're not letting our partner be aware of what they're participating in indirectly, and we're maybe setting them up for STDs and STIs and for us withholding other things. It's a mess. So don't ever be a part of that. It doesn't speak well of anyone. And I want us to start building a system where we do care about the way we impact others and we do have concern for how we move through the world. I say that almost on every show. So I love your question. Set that boundary. Let them know what you're down for. And if he pushes on it, cease cease out that communication. And sure, maybe you could say, does your wife know we're talking? Because you, you could say, I don't want to be a secret because secrets lead to trouble. And if there's nothing bad going on here, well, then there's no reason why your wife couldn't know that we've reconnected, you know? So workshop that, see how it goes, more to come, awesome question, a lot to learn in that, and it helps us challenge ourselves to be better. All right, y'all, that is our show. We'll be back tomorrow night, so join us then. Check out past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, and click on it. Drop us some questions in the DMs. As always, y'all, thanks for hanging out, and you enjoy the rest of your night. Y'all have a good night. All right, y'all, we are back and we're talking about breakup strategies from best to worst. Uh, yeah, these aren't nice, a lot of them. Um, and as I always say, you know, we want people to uh, feel empowered and cared for before, during, and after a relationship. And look, we, you know, sometimes events occur where it's like, bam, shut off right away, happens in the moment because something is said or done that's just too painful, hurtful, inexcusable. But more likely than that is that you slowly start to realize your feelings are changing. And that's when I think one needs to really start to speak up because the other person might not be aware of that, might not be experiencing that, and might be actually seeing as time moves on 
as a further connection or deepening of intimacy. But again, if you realize for yourself that that is starting to loosen, lighten, and change, you want to bring it up. As I say on the show all the time, I want every couple to sit down every couple months, at least every year, and reflect on the year and say, How's, how are things going? What do we need differently from each other, from ourselves, from the relationship? And should we continue this on? So there's a little version of that where I want you to check in with someone. Hey, I know we're continuing to spend time together. My feelings have started to change. Can we talk about that? A lot of people are horrified and says, who does that? Well, healthy people would do that. They let the other person have informed consent so the other person can say what needs to be different, what needs to change, should we even continue to do this? Because those moments are really powerful. We don't want to let things get too far along when change could have occurred, but now it's gone too far along. We feel too bad. Resentments have started to really you know, get in there. And now we just want to leave. I'm a big fan of people being transparent every step of the way and letting their partners or this other know how they're feeling, how they're thinking, and what they're needing. It's very, very, very vital. Um, but, th- but the opposite happens. When someone starts to realize that the other person likes them more or the other person's more interested or they lose their interest, people start to clam up and shut down. And often people will just keep going through the motions. And that's what's very confusing is the other person can only make meaning out of your continued presence and continued engagement and continued responses. Um, Or the opposite, people start to do what we're gonna talk about tonight, which are some of these different strategies that people use as a way to have to really just own what's going on for them or what's changed. And again, dating is often getting hurt or being hurt until you find someone who wants what you want and likes you as much as you like them and you choose to do something longer term. But that's part of the deal we make. If we're going to enter the dating world, we have to be willing to end the things we start. We're, we're better at the startups than we are at the endings. But like I keep saying, the ending matters the most. That is the feeling and what we embody and take with us. Yes, the duration of the relationship has impact and meaning and value, but how it ends is what we're going to be most able to access access often. That will be what we use to redefine. Again, if we had a great vacation, but the last day is a nightmare, we sometimes leave thinking like, wow, that was a, it was a fun vacation, but wow. And we really feel more from that. So really take meaning, really take seriously endings because um, someone's mental health and psychology is on the line. So the absolute worst strategy is what we're pretty familiar with at this time culturally, which is ghosting. The person is just poof, gone. Don't know when, don't know why, don't know how, don't know where, just gone. One day, they never reach back out, they never respond again. Um, No warning, just disappear. No discussion, no clarification. Um, Studies show that ghosting tends to occur more for low commitment, short-term relationships than for longer ones. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> Not that it's any less painful necessarily, you know, because the length of time doesn't necessarily speak to the meaning we make out of or the commitment or intimacy we have. So shorter term can still really be a, a true commitment there. And also it's often enacted, the study show, out of convenience. Uh, <clears throat> I would say it's also out of, it's also out of disrespect, anxiety, and fear. I don't think ghosting is just convenience, meaning it's just easier to just never type something again into the text message or call them or talk to them about what's going on. Like, mm, I think it's more anxiety and fear that people really don't know how to disappoint others and be as vulnerable as to tell someone my interest and feelings for you have changed, but we have to do that. Um, And the research shows it's one of the most threatening breakup approaches, harming both psychological needs and inducing strong feelings of exclusion. And again, Someone's self-worth and self-esteem is on the line. 
They might be experiencing social issues otherwise. They might be carrying a core belief system that they're not lovable or dateable or desirable. And because you've just disappeared, you might have reinforced that. You might have reinforced the idea that dating isn't safe, others aren't safe, dating isn't fun. Dating could be and should be fun, but if we handled it with more ethics and care, it could be. If everyone let everyone know what they needed and just kind of said, hey, I'm feeling like we're not spending enough time together or we need to spend more time together. Bam, done, handled. Hey, fill in the blank. Or my feelings are starting to change. Maybe we need a break. Maybe we need to not start, you know, spend time together as much. Or maybe this is what I do need. More, more vulnerability, transparency, and communication helps. Because that's what you're going to notice. The painful versions that we're going to talk about are the ones that have not a lot of clarity and communication tied to them. And the ones that people most prefer have a lot of honesty, clarity, and communication tied to them. So we're going to break that down so as to make sure we're not doing these things. But ghosting is considered the number one worst because poof, just gone. So mean, so disrespectful. All right, more to come. Stick around, y'all. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all. We are back and we're... Talking about all the ways that we hurt each other, especially relationally. Uh, this is born out of two articles that are looking at the worst to the best versions of how people end things. And, you know, the ones that tend to be the most painful are the ones that really lack care, compassion, transparency, and honesty. Because ghosting is considered the worst because that's when this person just disappears. Now, getting a little bit better, but still in the same family as ghosting is orbiting. We talked about this on a show a long time ago where I was kind of covering all the different things that have emerged from, you know, dating in the 22nd century, 21st, 22nd, 23rd century. God knows what's coming in another 10 years and based on apps. So it's ghosting. Then we got orbiting, which is pretty much like, you know, you've almost ghosted, but you just sprinkle a little bit of presence and communication in there. Um, you don't literally and abruptly cut off everything. You stick around just enough for you to feel like I'm not, you know, really doing this or hard hurting anyone, but, but you are. So what does that look like? Um, maybe you're responding sometimes. It's delayed, less, less depth. Maybe you're just looking at their stories or their page and liking things or sending things. So you're like, you got one leg in there. You're not a full participant. You're not fully showing up. You've totally reorganized your role in their life, but you still have like a little bit of presence. Um, and this makes people confused and sad. Now, again, if someone's orbiting you, meaning something shifted, something's changed, bring it up. Everyone should be able to discuss any changes in habits or patterns. Hey, you might say. And again, sadly, I wish the person whose feelings have changed or need something different would communicate that. But if you're not willing to do that or you're on the receiving end, speak up. Hey, I noticed we don't talk as much. Hey, I noticed we're not hanging out as often. Hey, I noticed I don't hear back from you. Has something changed? Are you still interested? That is a sign of empowerment and self-esteem. The opposite, a sign of disempowerment and no self-esteem and no self-worth is to just stay quiet and ride it out and to play off of whatever they do. 
There's no empowerment or self-assertion in that. Ask questions. Be an adult. Part of adult dating is clarity and communication. Hey, are you interested in continuing to talk and hang out? Hey, how's your feelings changed? And the inverse. If you're the person whose feelings have changed, communicate that. Hey, I'm not looking to be as serious as I was, or I'm looking to spend less time together, or the chemistry is not there and I'm not interested in spending any time together. Get familiar making those statements. It isn't hurtful. It's actually compassionate and honest because it lets the other person understand what's happening. And if you're the person asking the questions, you're helping elicit some of that. You're doing it for you and for them. But we have to practice that. Um, so orbiting is slightly better because even though it's inconsistent and it's just not an abrupt disengagement. So it leaves the other person sad and confused. That's horrible. <laughs> like, let's not normalize that. Um, then there's another one they talked about, which didn't 100% make sense to my brain. Um, it, and again, we're still talking about things that are a little avoidant. Um, this one they were calling distanced communication, which is where you, I, I guess they're saying you end, uh, this is an approach that ranks low on perceived compassion. Yeah, so basically it's anything you do, I guess, that is avoidant. So we're ghosting, you just completely disappear. Because again, we're on a scale right now. We're going from worse to, to better. Ghosting, you completely disappear. Orbiting, you pretty much do that. But every now and then you kind of pop up. Distance communication means I'm finding ways to just avoid you. Um, so I may be not reaching out at all. Uh, I'm not showing up anywhere, but I at least maybe texted something. So I think we're, we're like fine tooth combing. Um, that one's not very clear to me. The next one's more clear to me, manipulating a partner or escalating costs. So what does that really mean? All of that mumbo jumbo to mean, let me, let me not be the one that ends it and I'm not going to disappear, but I'll start to kind of engage in some problematic or bad behavior and make it harder on them. And then maybe they'll leave or they'll end the relationship. Are you kidding me? Yeah, people do that. That's horrible. Just take responsibility for your changing interests and feelings and communicate that. The idea that we're now going to escalate the costs, right? I don't, I'm going to use manipulation. I'm going to create fights. I'm going to be annoying. I'm going to be demanding as a way to initiate this process in someone else because I'm not able to do it myself so as to move us more towards a breakup, that is horrible. Why would you wanna go that route? How much labor and exhaustion comes in all of that versus again, just speaking up for what it is you need and what's going on? I mean, it's interesting when you think about all the things people do to stay comfortable because we try to act as though it's about the other person, but it's about us going up against ourselves, which is what a lot of things in life and mental health are, us going up against ourselves our own anxiety, our own discomfort, our own inability to be honest and open and transparent. And that's where I always say parenting and dating are both really powerfully transformative experiences where a mirror is being held up and you're learning about yourself and where your work is. And this is another example of that. If you don't know how to start or stop relationships appropriately, mirrors being held up and it's like, hey, look at who you are and what you're doing. Be better, you know, have a better impact on other people. Really take that seriously. So that's all in there. So if you do these things, Work on getting better. Um, if you're having these things done, work on asking more questions so that you're not just victimized. You know, part of the victimization in some of this is that we don't assert ourselves or ask questions. So sometimes we keep ourselves participating in this really toxic system because we're also unwilling to really assert and ask necessary questions. Um, now we're, now we're, 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 we have one more negative and then we start to move towards the more positive. <laughs> because again, we're talking about the worst to the best. 
And I think you can guess what the best ones are going to be because I keep really kind of dropping those gems throughout there. Um, the, 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 the barometer really has to do with impact on the other person is what this is about. So we're going to come back and keep talking about ways people break up with others. Uh, we've got a whole lot of other things woven into that though. And then uh, DMs are always open. So if you've got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our love line, IG page, questions, topics, things you want us to circle back to, drop deeper into. Um, and uh, past, episodes of the, past episodes of the show, always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share lots of great stuff. Check out some of the other shows while you're there. But stick around. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around, y'all. We'll be back. All right, we're back and we're just closing out our discussion of uh, all the different ways that we harm each other as we're trying to exit and remove ourselves from a relationship. Uh, we're trying to do better. We were talking about the early ones that are the worst ways, which is just about disappearing called ghosting or orbiting, which is when you, you know, you just sprinkle little seeds of presence. You're pretty much not there. You're disengaged, but every now and then you pop up or like something. It's like, that's not fair or kind. You know, sometimes people do that out of boredom. Sometimes people do that because you know, you popped into their mind and they're not aware that they're hurting you. But remember, if you're not interested in someone, don't misuse them by reaching out when you're bored or lonely. That's a really unkind thing to do. People do that during and after relationships, you know? Um, if you're not interested, you're not interested, but be very thoughtful about how you impact people. Then, then we talked about something called distant communication, which is another form of avoidance. And then this really painful one, which is basically being so unbearable and creating such an uncomfortable relationship that you're hoping the other person will do the breakup because you're not able or willing to. That's horrible, you know? Um, even, yeah. Let's just leave it at that. It, it, yeah. <laughs> then we move on, um, which is this idea of it's me, it's not you. So the reason why this is an improvement is because there's more communication, but it's still not ideal because it's not necessarily true and it doesn't help the other person learn. So right, when we're ending a relationship or leaving, no, we don't want to itemize a list uh, of everything that we don't like about that person or everything that's wrong with them because we don't know what that person will co-create with somebody else. We don't know if some of those attributes are things we've brought out or we've helped co-create. Who knows? But to just say it's me, it's not you really can leave the other person feeling confused and disempowered. It can come off insecure, uh, insincere. I'm sorry. It can come off unsatisfying. And then people don't really know what to make of that. And if someone has an anxious attachment or a trauma history around relational stuff, which really ties into each other, um, that person is yet again left with this idea that they aren't desirable, they aren't dateable, they can't find everyone, no one's ready. And that's why the better versions have a little more honesty in them so people can realistically wrap their head around what happened and take accountability for whatever maybe they need to, but then also walk away without having to if they didn't need to. And that's why I think it's important to reflect back to some extent why it is that that relationship or that person isn't something you're interested in anymore. Hey, it doesn't seem like we have a lot in common, there's not a lot of compatibility. Hey, it seems like we are very high conflict and neither one of us is really able to regulate and so there's too much intensity. Hey, the chemistry isn't really there and so I'm not interested in pursuing this. Or I realize I'm not being the best partner. I have a lot of work to do and I don't want to harm you. You seem really kind and I'm going to take a break and work on myself. I mean, whatever the reality is, there's something more reasonable in sharing that to some extent. So someone has they will, so someone feels like they're participating in reality, but they also have some kind of clarity because you will hear people, whether ghosted or orbited or whatever it is, 
often saying they never got any closure, meaning they walk away not really understanding or, or feeling as though they've been a participant in the, in the breakup. And we want someone to feel like they're a participant. Even if you're doing the breaking up, you want them to feel like they're still somehow empowered and involved in that. And that helps when you tell them and also talk to them a little bit as to why that happened. And then they can ask some questions and they can just kind of feel like they're, like I said, an active participant in this process um, versus just having things done to them which is very disempowering. Uh, and then we move on to the drum roll, the best way to do, which is essentially direct open communication. It's hard, it's difficult, it's the most compassionate, loving, kind thing you can do, where you actually say to someone, here's why I don't wanna be a part of this. And then some of the articles landed on even a further better one, which is mutual initiations, but that's more timing when both people at the same time realize this isn't something we want. And you know, again, how you exit leaves the possibility of being confident when you see them, um, working your way out like you're worked your way in and maybe you can still be friends because just because romance or sexuality aren't necessarily in the cards for the two of you, compatibility-wise, chemistry-wise, timing-wise, it doesn't mean for some people you can't still participate in their life to some extent. But if you aren't looking for friendship, don't say that or pose that because then you still are using a tactic and you're manipulating and misleading. So do be thoughtful and honest when you're saying what it is you're open and available and interested in so that they can, as an adult, make a healthy, mindful, conscious decision. It's all about informed consent, you know? And we wanna leave people better off. It's always what I'm gonna say, leave people better off from you having been in their life. So um, prioritize that. But this is all the things you should be thinking about when you're starting a date. Am I willing to do that? And I want friends to give their friends this kind of advice. Speak to your friends from your best to their best and inspire them to do better. Don't let them off the hook and speak from your anxiety and tell them it doesn't matter, it doesn't count, or whatever it is. Good friends will always hold us accountable to being better. And these are all the different ways we do that. You know, so relational skills are really important, but um, this is a part of it. We somehow think if we're no longer interested or a breakup is happening, somehow we're let off the hook and nothing counts anymore. But that is still part of it all. And in fact, matters more and demonstrates more. Even though, again, we somehow culturally think it doesn't count anymore. How I exit something doesn't count and I'm allowed to just let my disappointment or frustrations or bad behavior rip because it's over. No, <laughs> that exiting period matters just as much, if not more. All right, stick around, y'all. We're coming up next. We're going to do some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, and past episodes of the show are always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, and click on it. You can binge, post, re listen, and share. We'll be back. Listen to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And 
sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more rings, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hello, Rachel. We are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, Hey, Dr. Chris. I'm in a bit of a tough situation. I've been dating my boyfriend for six months. He made it very clear at the beginning that he was looking for a long-term partner, someone to marry. Okay. Things moved real quick. He asked me to be his girlfriend two months into talking and dating. Fast forward, our honeymoon phase does not feel like a honeymoon phase. (laughs) He's very busy with work. Said he doesn't like texting. The tension and excitement definitely has died down. We're also having issues with intimacy See, so that's my point that I've made in the past. We should date for a while to see if we're compatible. If let me say it different, sorry, we should date for a while to see if we have enough chemistry and compatibility to, to to have a relationship. But some people jump right into the relationship, having not dated, which is when we explore if we should have a relationship. Dating should take time, more than two months, because two months isn't enough time to go through different things with each other to really see if we're compatibility, if we're compatible, I don't know why I keep saying it like that, if the compatibility is there and if we have chemistry. You would have learned earlier on that you want more closeness and intimacy than he's able to provide because he doesn't like texting. And you might've said, it's okay if you don't like texting, but I'm gonna ask you to do it anyway because I'd like more closeness and connection. We, it's okay to do things we don't like to do, but this dude seems like he wants it his way on his terms, which is what some people think relationships are. My life won't get disrupted. I want to just drop you in as it is and not have to make it different. Well, then you're not in a relationship. You are only in a true relationship if you've been disrupted. Relationships have to be allowed to disrupt us. It can't be business as usual. Nothing changes. So these are red flags, which means they might be deal breakers. We have to give them more time, or maybe you've given enough time. Let's see what the rest of your question says. You said he hasn't given me much reassurance. He left his phone and laptop unlocked for me to help him with something while he was showering. Oh, see, here we go. (laughs) All right. So he left his phone and his laptop unlocked for you while he was showering. So we already know where this is going. You said, I know this is not right on my end, (laughs) but I checked his DMs. And saw he has messages with a few other girls. 
Now that I've seen his messages, I can't unsee them. I know if you're going to be, if you're going to check, you better be prepared to own that you checked because if you find information, you're going to have to sit with it quietly. Oh, good luck. Back to your question. You said, I don't know how I should bring this up to him. We've been doing all the right things to progress our relationship. No, you're not doing all the right things. Clearly the right things aren't happening. If you felt the need to go through their phone, remember we're only dating people that are worthy of our trust. And if they're worthy of our trust, then we practice trusting by not going through their stuff. And if you're going through their stuff, it's either you have to work on trusting and having boundaries, or you have to call out what is ever going on in the relationship, which is making you feel like you want to go through their stuff because you can't always be finding out information by going through stuff. You have to create a relationship where you can talk about concerns. So your question was, how do I bring it up? By bringing it up. There is whatever someone says, how do I? The answer is by doing it. I think what you really mean is how do I do it without being vulnerable or anxious? You can't, you did something bad. You found out information that's triggering and you're going to have to just own it. So how do you bring it up? By bringing it up. Hey, I went through your stuff. So you say to him, clearly we have an issue because either I'm not practicing trust or you're not making me feel like I can trust you. And that's why I looked. I shouldn't have looked, but so as to prevent me from feeling like I should do that again, let's talk about what's going on in the relationship. The issue isn't the DMs. The issue is why are you doing that? Why am I looking? So you got to talk. You got to tell him, I need text messages and reassurance. I need you to be monogamous if we've committed to that or tell me you don't want to. And I have to practice trusting. So you got to just bring it up vulnerably. And how he handles, manages, and responds to this should actually determine whether or not y'all stay together. He should very calmly say, let's talk about this. And should be reassuring and open to talking and repair. Anything outside of that is a huge red flag. Track it. Maybe even turns into an actual deal breaker. I don't know. But... Y'all got a lot of work to do. Um, there's something for us to all learn in that story. So uh, everyone, please take that to heart. All right, y'all, if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, things you want us to circle back, drop deeper into. Past episodes of the show are over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Lots of good stuff. Check out some of the other shows while you're there. Um, but we'll be back tomorrow night. So um, join us then. But until then, focus on tens, tons of rest, pleasure, leisure, downtime, all that good stuff. Um, thanks for hanging out, though. As always, thanks for hanging out with me. Y'all enjoy the rest of your night. All right. Good night, y'all. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. 